Welcome back to the Metaverse. It is your hosts here, me, Sean, and Nathan. Hey, I'm Nathan. Welcome back. Good to see and, everybody. Yeah, and we also have a special guest here today, a very special guest, uh, Wafik. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, everybody. My name is Wafik. Happy to be here on the Metaverse. All right. Awesome. Thanks for coming, Wafik. Really glad to have you here. All right, let's start with some introductions here. Um, uh, tell us a little about yourself, Wafik. Okay, so um, based out of Chicago, um, I don't know. I kind of, I guess, I've been spiritual my whole life. Um, just kind of had to find my way through the muck, if you will. Um, started getting into, like, seriously getting into ETs, CE five, Doctor Greer. Um, probably about four years ago, um, I've done, I don't know how many CE5, uh, expeditions, if you will, uh, over the past three years, I can't, I cannot count how many, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really into what's out there and knowing more about this vehicle we call, uh, a human body. That is, that is very I'm so fascinated by C5. I'm, I want to do it with you and by myself eventually with maybe with Nathan. That'll be neat. Um, and I, it's 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 used as 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 a calling, but also like as a tool. I think for uh, human evolution, ascension. I think that's what it's. It's not just to communicate with ETs. They like to be called ETs as we discussed this in previous talks. Correct. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, the word alien kind of has a... Uh, well, if you think about it, words have certain powers to them when you say things a certain way. So when we hear the word alien, you know, us here, we think of, like, people crossing borders or, you know, uh, just, like, an outside force, which mm -hmm. is, like, has a very negative energy about it. So the proper and correct term would be extraterrestrials or uh, extra-dimensional beings. I I haven't heard that one. Extra dimensional. That's hard to say. Extra dimensional. Extra dimensional. You say uh, C five. Can you just explain exactly what C five means? Yeah, for, for some people who might not know. Yeah, for sure. So C five essentially stands for close encounters of the fifth kind. Um, when you're referencing close encounters, you have levels one to five. Um, so, you know, a CE1 would be like seeing a UFO in the sky. A CE2 would be like a physical manifestation such as uh, crop circles. Um, close encounters of the third kind is actually getting invited up onto a craft. Um, close encounters of the fourth kind escapes me. I'll be honest. I can't I think, think of that. Got, I think you got it mixed up. Uh, did it's, I get it mixed up? Yeah, third kind is seeing an actual ET. Fourth okay. kind is uh, being on a craft, and, and then, then fifth. The close encounters of the fifth kind is human-initiated contact with extraterrestrials. There we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's been a long day. Long week. Yeah, for all of us. <laughs> whole world. The whole world, exactly. But yeah, I am so fascinated, and I want to get into this. But I, the, the thing is, like, where do we begin I, I want to go with um, if Nathan has any questions so far. Yeah, yeah. 
I would say where to begin would be where did you begin? Like what got you into like when did you even first believe that extraterrestrials could be or are out there? And then how did you do the process of like getting into this kind of group that encounters them? That is a excellent question. A, a seriously excellent question that kind of I <laughs> I hate to use the term, but it, it really does time travel back and forth with like how I came to the realization of what I'm actually like, you know, encountering. So I would probably say maybe like seventh grade, really, when like you start to really geek out on certain topics, whether it be science, math, automotive, whatever the case is, you know, whatever classes you're taking around that time. Um, I was really, really into astronomy. I loved learning about other planets and it didn't hit me until I saw a picture of another star um, bigger than our suns. And that just really put things into perspective for me. Like, whoa, like we're nothing. We're so small in this universe of what they're telling me is endless potential, like infinite darkness out in any direction. Um, Started watching really Dr. Greer's first video, which um, was uh, Sirius, S-I-R-I-U-S, um, where they actually had a uh, ET humanoid, the Atamaka, Atamaka um, ET, I guess is what they call it. Um, they actually took that and they did uh, DNA sequencing on it, and uh, they found that it was not of this Earth. They couldn't put it on any type of DNA scale. So that was like the first like legitimate documentary that I saw that really woke me up to Dr. Greer, his work, and then leading me to where I am now. Very interesting. Um, now, in the movie, when they're doing the DNA uh, testing, uh, is there... I, I haven't watched that movie, so I don't know what, but like, where you can find this information. Uh, you can find all of Dr. Greer's work on Amazon. Um, I believe if you have Amazon Prime, it's available. I believe Sirius and Unacknowledged both are available on um, Netflix, but you can also find them for free on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I, I did buy his latest, one of his latest ones was Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, and I rented Unacknowledged, so yeah, those were two were pretty good. I love those ones. Yeah, he actually has a fourth one that came out uh, last year, which was the expose on the whole, like, special access projects and, like, really diving deep into, like, the government cover-up side of things while keeping the spirituality aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, pretty interesting. Like, he shows a lot of cool footage in the documentaries. I, th I think Nathan had a question. Yeah. Yeah, so... Did you, like, how did you get connected with him or the group of people that you've met with? So, when Close Encounters of the Fifth, actually, I'll be really, really honest. Dr. Greer, as a person, didn't appear in my life until he actually showed up on Logan Paul's podcast in 2019 of Impulsive. Um, he was on that podcast, and he had shown a photo of a man who had his hearing healed by an ET. And I waited a whole year for that documentary to come out. And then 
um, watched the documentary, but it wasn't until maybe two years ago that I formed my own like Facebook group and um, just started inviting people near me. Because the app itself, he has an app that he developed for everybody, and it has like a built-in tracker where you can like see people close to you that have the CE5 app, and then you can kind of connect and like coordinate and like plan your own little CE5 events and such. I had one, actually, a couple people reach out, but one person reached out, added me on Facebook, my old Facebook. I don't have it anymore, but he was like, I had a contact with with an extraterrestrial and then he had like it was like glow in the dark it looked like a glow like a glow in the dark tattoo was engraved on his skin hmm. and he said steven greer came to contact me and i came to like investigate and see what was going on but they didn't they just just, they just kept an eye on it and that was it like i don't know what, i i have no update of what happened because this this person wasn't very uh, responsible at the time. I don't know. I I I I just like left it as that conversation. But um, yeah, yeah, it was interesting to know, see that you can just contact anybody on there using the app, and everybody has a story to tell. So yeah, yeah, they really really do. My group grew from I I think like the first three months was maybe like six people. And before I passed it on to uh, one of my mods, uh, just yes, just uh, Tuesday, two two Tuesday, um, I just passed it on to her um, that day. But now we're up to like 130 people. So it, it's the Facebook got, group. Yeah, it's uh, CE Five Contact Chicago Suburbs. Okay, okay. If you're ever in Chicago and you're trying to find an event to do <laughs> in spring and summer. Go there. Definitely. Oh, that's cool. So you kind of started a group, and now it's, like, grown and expanded. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, I had a question. Okay, I, I kind of know how it's done. Not exactly, but could you could you go over how a C5 contact is initiated and how, how you can just do it with a group of people, even if you're far distance apart from each other? So the long distance part, I haven't really talked to anybody about. That's just kind of something that I do and I've seen results with it. So I can't speak on the entire community of CE fivers, I guess, if that's what you want to call us. But mm -hmm. um, how it initially goes is, you know, you have your group of people, whether it be by yourself, five people up to 25 people, um, you kind of spend the day together to build that cohesion because when you're making contact, you know, you want to do it in the most positive space possible because that's the feeling you're trying to project mm -hmm. and follow the theory that like interacts with like, it's better to do that when your group is fully cohesive with each other. You know, there's no animosity, there's no angst, there's no nothing. You're all there for one true purpose and to share that you're all, there to make contact genuinely um but once you have cohesion established you kind of follow the steps of the app um there's tones that are be that will be played you play the tones for a while then you go into dr greer's meditation um it's about 20 minutes or so um and you kind of do this thing he calls coherent thought sequencing which um the way i like to describe it is if you ever like take a look on google maps where you are and you see how zoomed in it is. Mm -hmm. And then you 
slowly start to zoom out where you see your city and then you see other cities and then you see your state your country you know so on and so forth and you just continually expand all the way out to the outer rings of the milky way but the coherent thought sequencing is a vector for et so when you project that into the universe the theory is that ets pick up on that thought sequencing and are able to slowly zoom in to where you are and that's how you make contact so like i i i totally understand it because like when you're thought when you're thinking outward they're basically kind of like reversing that into like a photographic image and they're just zooming in back, like the other way kind of yeah like think of a satellite dish that sends out signals out to re- hit a satellite and then the satellite sends a message back. So once you put your satellite signal out and they pick up on it, then you kind of slowly, I don't want to say reel them in, but essentially you pull them into where you are. And if it's safe enough for them to actually manifest in three-dimensional space, they will do so in a number of different ways. That That is, it's, it's, it's exciting news to hear. Um, so... Just as you say, the three-dimensional space, then, for them to manifest in a three-dimensional space. So, like, what kind of space would you describe them occupying? And, like, is there a transformation, then, in their own dimensional way? I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. So, think about it this way. Us as humans are only capable of seeing so much color with our eyes. We're only capable of hearing such a high frequency. But because those are our limitations, doesn't mean that's the limitations of the world. So there's a full spectrum of color we can't even see. There's a whole spectrum of frequency we can't hear. So to say that they're not living here is almost silly. And that's just my opinion because just because we can't see them doesn't mean it's there. And that just goes back to like... You know that old expression, if a tree fell in a forest and nobody was there to hear it, did it really happen? But when you're dealing with beings that are consciously more developed than we are, and and that for some people is kind of a hard pill to swallow, thinking like we're the center of the universe, which, sorry, but fuck no. (laughs) We're just not. We're not even close. Um, But there are civilizations way more consciously advanced than we are. We're not even... You know, there's there's different civilization levels. There's you know type zero, which which we are, and a type one. And the difference is, on a type one, everyone is consciously connected in unity consciousness. So they operate in a space of being where you know we may not even be able to comprehend because we haven't had that on Earth. So for them to shift from a higher dimensional state to a lower dimensional state you know there is there is some type of transformation because they could be a body of they could be a body just like you and I but instead of made of flesh they're made of light so to come down from a higher dimensional space to a lower dimensional space you have to have you know a transformation of your physiology and how that manifests is really up to how they want to show themselves to you yeah so they kind of have to like I would, I wouldn't. I'm trying to say this like in the like a least, not a rude way, but they have to kind of like downgrade themselves just to get into our level. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, that's like saying, no, not even because ants, like I was going to say comparing humans to bugs, but that's not even a good comparison because we're both living in a three-dimensional space. It's more like Mario, like he, le- he, gets, he gets the mushroom, he levels up, but if he has to get through this, this, this like corridor to get underground and he has to be smaller, so he has to get hit. Right. Type of thing. Yeah, yeah there we go. We're just like Mario. I like the reference. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I would like to kind of just hear a little bit more about the process in a sense. So, like, there's a series of tones yes. that you listen to, and that kind of sets the mood for the meditation and the coherent thought sequencing. So, it's like there's a preparation of the group in like in like almost like funneling in this intention right in a sense and 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 getting trying to get out of that uh, the physical realm that we're so accustomed to into that spiritual realm which is kind of what you're saying where these beings kind of live at, in the way that I can think about it, it's I, I think of it in that idea of like a spiritual realm, right? One that we can't see. Um, that's that's definitely somewhere where they they could go. Like um, they they could definitely choose to kind of operate there. But when you're talking about like the ever the the never ending endlessness of space, you know, all we know is Earth. We don't. We really don't know how things are out there. So, for me to, you know, tell you like my speculation is one thing, but to tell you what actually is going on, I I have no clue. I I would be lying to you if I knew. Um, <laughs> it just it's 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 hard to say because like with me, I've had several different types of contact experiences. I would say more than half of the time it's almost a dreamlike state um I, I i have astral projected you know in the past so that is something that things become a lot more clear to me when i'm in that state but you know i it's it's weird to I, i've never really said a lot of this out loud before <laughs> um just because i'm so new to kind of sharing my experiences outside the group um so forgive me if i stutter but okay it's I'll give you an example of kind of how things started for me and we can kind of build off of that. So when I first started doing CE fives, I did them by myself and, you know, I would sit in my apartment and then I would go outside and maybe, I don't know, three months went by, saw nothing. And then out of nowhere, my, my, my apartment's pretty well lit. You know, in a suburb of Chicago, it's pretty well lit. You know, you're not going to see much starlight. And I have a video of this, and I'll share this with you guys. But there's um, what I thought was a star, but it was kind of like changing colors and moving. And I was like, could this be the moon? And the moon was way off in another direction. There was no other stars. I checked like a star map app to make sure it wasn't a star. It wasn't. And I just kind of zoomed in and out on it, and it's just this little light that's just changing from, like, white to blue to green to red and kind of, like, phasing in and out. That That's what started for me. 
Um, and ever since then, it's just kind of been um, a different experience every time I go into the CE5 state. So I just wanted to comment. Like you said, it took about three, approximately three months after you did the first contact. Now, usually does it take that long or does it like, is it more like, like you camp and like maybe in the week, like you're camping that it like will happen one of those nights or like, is it like more, more in like more, uh, faster? It, it, it all depends. Like, so for me, the first three months I was by myself, I didn't meet up with anybody. And a lot of that was because it was winter and Chicago winters are, are terrible. I don't wish them upon anybody. You probably have an idea of what it is in Canada, but yeah, it's it's they're not fun here. Like it's 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 kind of silly that I say 4 degrees Fahrenheit is like comfortable weather for me. So that's when I say like okay, it's cold, but yeah, 3 months is what kind of it took for me and this kind of goes back to like your own spiritual journey, what you believe in, what you've been conditioned to believe. And then how much of that you have to break down before you actually can step into another level. Um, Albert Einstein actually said you can't solve a problem in the same level of consciousness that you had that you found out about the problem. You have to jump consciousnesses to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, think it, of it, like uh, being a child, you know, children or or like infants. Uh, you know, they're at a different, like, spiritual state level. And um, I was convinced that um, this toddler I was watching was seeing uh, ghosts, like, just what he was expressing to me and how, and, you know, he couldn't really put it into words. But, um, you know, there's different kind of like what you say, the conditioning, right? Like, I feel like we're so conditioned to this, like you say, the spectrum of light that we can see or the spectrum of sounds that we can see. We've just been so conditioned into it that we can't, we have a hard time grasping the fact that there is colors out there that we can't see or that there is a spiritual dimension that is beyond us because we keep getting more and more conditioned into what our immediate reality looks like, right? So it's like you in that three months, it, it's a process. It's not just going to happen right away. You have to continuously try to set yourself out of that conditioning in a sense, if, if that sounds about right. Absolutely, 100% right. And I'll say, I'll even add to it where if, I had started CE5 with, like, I I was more open with, like, my main friend group and told them they should all do it with me. I probably would have made contact sooner, but I'm kind of the oddball in my group of friends. So they're kind of like, okay, yeah, Wafik, whatever, you talk to aliens. But it wasn't until they started seeing the pictures that they're like, okay, you got something going on and we kind of need to figure this out. Um, but yeah, hundred percent right. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, I, I, I found that it's a very big pill for a lot of people to swallow that they are not the center of the universe as they thought they were. So when you get over that hump and I'm no, I'm no different. I had to go through that as well. Um, when you, when you go through that and you realize it's not so much about you, it's about everything and everyone. 
that type of openness and, and you genuinely mean it, that is what literally triggers a contact event to happen that much faster. Every, uh, everything you say is, is just so exciting for me. Um, and I wanted to get into one of the topics you wanted to talk about. Uh, well, what else? First of all, what else have you seen? You said you saw the orb. Have you seen a craft materialize or maybe ETs firsthand? So, I, I've seen a number of different things. Um, for a while, when I was living in my apartment at the time, I would see little flash bulbs. So, little quick flashes of light. Maybe smaller than a ping pong ball, right? Just flash in my apartment. And I would look over and they'd be gone. And I'd look another way and they'd be there. And they would, this is going to sound so crazy, but they would mess with me. So, they'd always show up right around my where my laundry machines were. And it'd be like a reminder for me to go do laundry. Or um, they would go over my dishwasher. And they would make me do dishes because um, my wife needs help with, you know, housely chores and stuff. So I'm there to help her. Um, yeah. But I get caught up in my own stuff. So they, they would do that as a reminder. Um, there was an event where we were out from like 6 p.m. to midnight. And, you know, we watched the sunset. It was really nice. But then all of a sudden it got real cloudy, like super, super cloudy. Couldn't see any stars, no moon. And the group manifested that a circle opened up before we ended the night. 11.45 hits, sure as shit, a giant circle forms in the clouds and we can see right through. Um, we saw a few craft zip by, but it was nothing, um, you know, too, too intense. I mean, I guess if you see a craft, that's intense. But when you see them after so many times, it's kind of like, okay, nice. Hi, guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. No, I've seen crafts. I've seen, um, what else have I seen? Uh, the rods. The rods fly in. Um, I actually have a photo of the rods I'll share with you guys. We caught it under uh, ultraviolet light, so it looks purple in the film. But it's, I mean, you compare it to a picture you find on Google, it's it's identical. Like, you can't, you can't deny that. And it's on a thermal camera. So. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's. It's pretty nuts. Um, the rest of my contact events have kind of been not so much in my head, but like very much out of body experiences where I do meet beings, but they present themselves very like human like, like very, very human in appearance, but you can tell they're not from here. Like they're, they're clearly different. It's just, it's very difficult to describe. Yeah, I've never had an out-of-body experience myself, but uh, I've heard of people having them all the time. Like, every time they sleep, they have an out-of-body experience, and they, they actually lose sleep because you're not really sleeping. You're, like, conscious, but when you're sleeping, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then you kind of, like, you're like, I wish I can just have a normal sleep, but you, you just can't. <laughs> no, just... So it's funny you say that, like, you know, not often, but every now and then I'll, um, you know, I'll smoke some weed just to kind of, you know, week's been rough, um, long days, long weeks, whatever. So I just want to unwind. I find that when I do smoke, 
I don't make any contact. There's no out of body experiences. It just it's a good reset for me when I need it. Um, which is interesting. I don't know if that's just a me thing or other people have tried it, but yeah. Um, I would I wouldn't say I I go out of body every night, but more often than not, I'm I'm having some type of weird experience somewhere. So when you've seen these uh, lights and um, and encounters, is there any communication? Like, like not, and I don't mean necessarily like you know voice or anything, but like, is there any type of like even telepathy kind of thing? Like, what 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 goes on in that moment when there is an encounter? A lot of the time for me, it's just been oddly enough affirmations like you're you're on the right path, you're doing the right thing, you're following the right steps. Um, a weird way they make contact with me, which this kind of goes back to my childhood, is I've suffered from migraines my whole life. I have no idea why I've seen like seven different specialists. I've done a dozen CAT scans with migraines without migraines nothing shows up on the cat scans and if, you know when i'm a kid and i'm telling my parents my head hurts and they're not taking me seriously until it gets to this point it's like okay what's really going on and then for nothing to pop up it's just kind of like wh- what do you do with that as a parent and i i understand that now but as a kid i'm like i'm not lying my head really hurts help me what I've come to learn is when they, when I have a migraine, it's kind of them sending me some type of information, some type of download, some type of, uh, of I don't know, like upgrade that I need to go through. And when I have a migraine, it's, it's, there's, there's nothing like I'm, I'm out like a light. I need to be in the dark. I don't want to talk to anybody. The only other place I'll go outside of my bed and TMI, I'm sorry, but I go in the shower. Um, I love, love, love just, sitting under a shower with hot water on my head. That's like my happy place when I have a migraine. Um, and they say, you know, that your best ideas come from the shower. And um, that's, that's served to be very, very true for me. So it's weird when I do have a communication with them because a lot of the time it's, you're right, it's not words. It's like here, this is a big packet of data that you need to download and understand. And in the moment, it's so painful. And then after it, you know, subsides, something somehow comes up and it's like, okay, I can work on this now. And I can I, figure it out. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on that because uh, I, when I, I explained this. I don't know if I explained this in the podcast, one of our previous podcasts, but I'm not going to go through the whole story. But um, when someone was channeling a message to me at one point, she said that, like what you're experiencing is the downloads. And I was like, I understand this because I actually read a book on this too. It, I didn't even finish the book. I read like the, the first chapter of it and they're like, like the spiritual downloads that you get, like they're kind of like hard to decipher at first and you don't really know what's going on. And like whenever I would experience it, I would just feel tired or like I would feel brain fog. That's that's the way I would feel it. I have a kind of a similar uh, experience in and talking about it, like I really um, 
I pay attention to my dreams and um, I dream journal. And often when I wake up, right, and, and I'm sure you guys know this, when we wake up, the dream is just fleeting, right? Like it, in five seconds, it's gone. And it was so real just, just a minute ago, right? But when I'm journaling, when I wake up and I'm journaling and I'm recalling those things that happened and kind of like going through it, I have this terrible pain in the back of my head, in a sense, almost like a download type of thing, like you say, like it's like, like your brain's on overload or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's excruciating pain. It's, like I said, I can't see light, like photosensitivity is through the roof. Um, It's just so painful. And it's like, agonizing. Like, I literally describe it as someone drilling nails into my head. Um, and it wasn't up until maybe like a year and a half ago that I realized that this could be downloads from ET spirit guides, whatever the case is. And I just literally was like, can you guys please back off? Like, this is a lot for me. I'm in a lot of pain and it, it it's scary to the point where like, I can almost, when I feel a migraine coming on, depending on what I'm doing that day, I could be like, I'm not ready for this or okay, I'm ready for this. And I almost like either give it to myself or I don't give it to myself. It, it really all depends. But yeah, when you ask them for help, when you ask them to kind of take it easy when it comes to this type of communication, they're very responsive. They, they, that's one thing about ETs that just humans are not there yet is they're not only like willingness, but openness to take direction from you. So you're not scared of anything. I've never been scared in any of my contact events and you know, we're in, we're in secluded areas. There's not much out there. It's you in the wilderness and you know, maybe a porta potty if we can get one there. It's really that, you know, um, secluded, but I've never felt an ounce of fear at, at, at all. It's always been such a heart opening experience, like very calming, very relaxing. And, um, a lot of the time I find myself crying because I, I can't believe what's happening. I just had a question. Um, now, if me and Nathan were to do one of these C5 events ourselves, um, and we went camping, I don't know. I don't when if we had a few days to do it, even if we didn't see anything or like, what is the possibilities of seeing something within like maybe a three day period? Like, I don't, I don't, I guess there's no really answer to that, but. So if you're going to go out camping for like three days, it really depends on your mindset. So, you know, two bros going to camp in the woods together, you know, you're going to be doing other things. You're not going to be just setting up camp and like meditating the whole time. You're going to figure out food. You're going to figure out your tents. You're going to figure out fire, um, toilet situation. You're, you're going to be preparing a lot of things, but you're going to be doing it together. So if you have that cohesion built up, you're already kind of doing the work when it does come to the meditation and, you know, doing the CE five protocols, that's when things kind of go whichever direction you guys are at yourselves. Because even if you don't think you have fear, but deep, deep down you do, even a sliver, they won't come. Mm-hmm. They just, um, it's funny, a lot of the time I've, I've 
read other people's you know reports and stories on when they do CE5s um they they talk about how they've been doing it for a year to, for two years never seen a thing and then had one of those moments you like see in movies where it's like if you're there show me you're there and that's when they actually see something and they have that like shift experience it's enough for them to finally go over the edge and actually believe but not overwhelming enough to be like, oh my god, I'm actually going to meet an ET. You know? Because those yeah, are two like, of experiences. Yeah, they didn't do it the proper way. Yeah, and, and it's almost like they're, they have the wrong intentions. Like, when you're doing it, when you're trying to make contact, it's like how you and I, or Nathan, or you, or whoever, when you call somebody, you're calling them with an intent. There's a reason why you're making that call. If your intent's not clear, it's going to be an awkward phone call. Same concept applies to If you're making contact because you want to see them do tricks and take pictures of it, you know, if they're feeling playful, sure. Why not? But nine times out of ten, and, and this just makes sense, if someone is coming from outside the solar system to help humanity in some type of way they're not just gonna come and do tricks because you want to record it and put it on youtube yes so that i mean that's my take on it anyway nathan you have any comments so far well yeah (laughs) i mean intentions for sure right like um and the cohesion you know sean and i at least have known each other for a long time and um, and I think for the both of us, we have a genuine desire just to know what's there, right? This isn't, uh, you know, we're not um, we're not doing this to sell something, or we're not doing this to, you know, get a thousand likes on Facebook or something like that, right? Like the our intentions are just to be able to experience what is real and um and the communication piece yeah it's it's all very interesting um i would probably if we were going to do this and i'm interested i haven't even checked out the app but i'm again interested in those tones i'm going to quickly just grab my little drum i don't know if i showed you this john yeah you might have to turn your background off after one second i'll be one no worries. While he's looking for that, I forgot what I was going to say. I got it, so no problem. <laughs> um, but I am interested in those tones, because I could, I could easily bring this and maybe even like write a little song to try to communicate. Yeah. But I don't know if you guys have ever seen these little steel drums, but they're really cool. Like I'm pretty sure Wapik has seen one of these before. But let's uh, maybe you have to turn the back. Oh, no. Okay, you're good. You're good. I I actually have one. Oh, do you? I have a tongue drum. Yeah, I have love you ever used it to try to communicate. Or so I also do Reiki. Like I'm a I'm a Reiki practitioner, so I use it more for like chakra healing, balancing. Um, I haven't tried it for contact, and I guess mm-hmm. when it's um the tones that are recorded are actually off like a uh, radar detector, like the ones you find in like your car like to warn you of cops and stuff. 
Um, what Dr. Greer did is the ETs have the ability to kind of mess with those frequencies and make them make them make sounds. And he recorded those sounds and gave them to us to be able to use during the meditation. So it's very like, I don't know, like robotic, technical type of sounds. But in my events, we definitely had like crystal singing bowls out. We we definitely use all that type of stuff. Like, the, I, I feel like that's more helpful for the cohesion. Like if somebody is nervous, it's very good to kind of like calm them down. That's how I see like instruments being used, but I can totally see it also being used to like almost signal yourself like, hey, look what I can do. I can show you how I do this. Like a very, very, it's very playful. It's very like childlike, you know? So when you go at it with that type of mentality, yeah, anything is possible. I I think uh, preparing for this, the, the, the contact, even for a month before, with meditations and even trying to get into that coherent state um, uh, with kind of like trying to raise your vibration. I always talk about this all the time, raising your vibration and getting into a higher level will help just getting like for contact to actually happen before. Definitely. If you are somebody who meditates, like I just, the 17th, which is my four-year anniversary, but also my 300th day anniversary of meditating every day, um, twice a day, one in the morning, one at night. But if, you were, if you're consistent with your meditation and you can get into that state, because I think we can all agree as adults, taking everything out of the picture and just sticking to just meditation for a second. When you meditate, you get into different thought frequencies. You get into a different state of being. You're not who you are when you're in meditation. You're very, very calm. You're very centered. So if you practice that every day, when you transition that to different levels, whether it be Reiki, CE5, Spirit Guide, Tarot, whatever it is, when you can channel that energy out of meditation and into whatever it is you're doing, you'll have much more profoundness, if you will. During those events, so yeah, I'm a huge helper. Um, I wanted to. Say, I was gonna say though. Med- yeah, so meditation. I think can diet you... as well can help too, and like getting rid of addictions. Like I, I mean, like if you have like I mean, like anything that's negative would would not like help the. <laughs> it's going in your life. Try to like cut down on like. Uh, I hear people with who diet really well uh, actually have more chance of having a out of body experience. Really, That's, I, I've I've heard people having that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, you are what you eat, right? Yeah. So well, and I I mean, from a lot of the um, spirit like spiritual research I've done like fasting will often put you into a space of uh, of ex- like extreme spiritual space right and um, so that's another interesting one I'm I'm interested in what what you mean when you say you meditate twice a day so like what is what does your meditation look like so I wake up at 5 a.m. I do anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes in the shower that's where I do a lot of my meditation in the morning. 
Uh, and depending on how long I shower for, because I'm not perfect. Sometimes it's only a 10 minute meditation uh, because I wake up late because I'm tired. Um, but it's always something. I never leave the house not doing a meditation. Um, and it's always in the shower just because, again, that's my happy place. Um, so I do that in the morning. And then before bed, I try to do another half hour to an hour. Um, and it could be just whatever I'm feeling that day. Like if I want to do positive affirmations because I want more abundance, I'll do one of those. If it's a Reiki healing type, I'll do that. If it's a spirit guide one, I'll do that. If it's binaural beats, theta waves, I mean, you name it, I've done it. Like it, YouTube is a plethora of like hours and hours of meditation. So whatever I'm feeling that day is what I do. And it's always something different because there's always so much content out there to consume to listen to when you meditate and sometimes it's not even that sometimes it's just quiet mind just me in my own head just balancing my day my I wife yeah sorry go ahead say like i i probably only do ce5 maybe like five six times a month now that's that's a big number for me <laughs> uh like, oh, yeah, I've cut back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going through the notes, and I want to get through a little bit of it here. Uh, did you want to talk about your relationship with uh, Ed? Yeah, for sure. So if you haven't seen Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, you won't know who I'm talking about. But I highly, highly recommend you watch it. Even if you don't believe in this stuff, it's an excellent documentary to kind of open your eyes to the subject. Um, but Ed Moen is a man who had who was deaf from the time he was a kid to the time he was a very, you know, elderly gentleman. Um, wore hearing aids and uh, he went to one of these events with Dr. Greer and had a healing experience. And he had his healing restored by what he calls the mantis looking ETs. Um, and there's, you know, you can Google this and it's on the Internet, but. Um, there's a photo of the ET being standing next to Ed and it's almost like he's like, he has a tablet in his hand and it's reflecting light off, off onto his chest. Um, so out of nowhere, I just kind of ran into him and we developed a very, very close friendship. Um, he lives very, very close to me. So we, we, that's kind of how we got connected and you know, we just exchanged numbers and he's been, I, I like to call him like my grandpa, like the grandpa I never had. Um, he, he, he just gives off grandpa vibes. <laughs> that's, that's just Ed. He's, he's amazing, wise guy. And he's, he's mentored me into a lot of things that have helped me be a better, really a better person to be honest with you. That's a, that's a really touching touching part of the the movie too. I I I remember when you asked me, you said what was the most like I I don't know what word you use profound or like what was the what was the part of the movie that you found that touched you the most and that was the one that that stood out to me. And I actually wrote I do I do new moon manifestations mm -hmm. and um I actually wrote down I would like to be healed by an ET. And my my health situation is always wonky and it's always changing. 
and half of my problem got fixed before it even happened and then i and then now i discovered you and you just you know ed so the, it's just so random that that happened i'm like wow this is just this like synchronicity it's a it's it's it's, it's working <laughs> i'm on the right path i think confirmation that what you're seeking is coming to you yes potentially yeah That's- Oh, Ed, Ed is a, I just got done talking to Ed not too long ago, actually. <laughs> we were talking earlier this week. He's uh, got some plans for late fall and um, yeah, we're probably going to meet up soon. And um, I hope in the next couple months, he's a busy guy, believe it or not. He, he's one of those people that like, if you're ever in a small town and you need help with something, he's the guy to help you with it. That's just the person he is now. And he's 68, almost 70. He's up young. He's still young. He's still young, yeah. Total grandpa vibes, like you say. And, like, I was going to say that. I feel like that it's, um, that that's an important part of, I mean, life in general. But also, this is having, you know, having those mentors, right? Having those people who can guide you through these things because i mean i I, it's so hard to do it on your own right and or with other like you know me and sean both of us are young and don't have experience in this type of environment right like it'd be nice to have a, a wise older you know person to help guide through the process and and just yeah, like that, that grandpa, that warm feeling, you know, like that, uh, that, that man who's been there, who's done that, who understands the the fears, the anxieties, who's who's encountered those, and and can help you uh, get through those difficult pieces. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's that is Ed in a nutshell. Um, if, if, and not to say I was ever, you know, afraid, but. I I wanted confirmation that what I was experiencing was legitimate. Like I wasn't losing my mind because when you're going down a rabbit hole and you're going by yourself, it's easy to be like, am I crazy or is the world crazy? It's very, very easy. It's a very fine line to either understand it and function and lose your shit. Hmm. Um, so for me, when Ed kind of just presented himself and I, I had the opportunity to develop that relationship with him, it was just a confirmation like, okay, I can process this. This is fine. Like, I'm not losing it. And it's it's a good feeling. And you're setting yourself up to be that that wise grandpa figure one day, right? Like, you'll be able to help the younger people through those. Exactly, right? Like, it's... And, and that's how we should think of these things, right? Like, you take these learning experiences and know that you know there is i don't like to say the word responsibility but there is a responsibility to you know help the next generation discover themselves and that kind of thing and with these you know like with this getting more known and more widespread and you know people are waking up to these spiritual encounters or extraterrestrial encounters or however you kind of picture it um we're gonna need that 
you know, that uh, mentorship through the process. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Like, sometimes when I've experienced some of these things or, or the fact that I believe that these things exist or, or that there's this possibility, sometimes I'm the same way. I'm like, am I crazy? Like, you know, like, it's hard, you know, it's hard to accept that sometimes. It, 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 what you're saying is completely like resonating with me. Like it's a hundred percent that way. It's, it, and it's, it's, it's part of me used to think it was so sad because it's like, are we this divided that if someone has an experience, we instantly shoot it down because it didn't happen to us. It can't happen. And that's why, like when I had that realization, I was like, no, like if somebody is genuinely saying they experienced something or have seen something or going through something, the best thing to do is not care if it's true or not, but to be there for them. Because even if they are lying, it's just something that they need to heal within themselves and they're looking for somebody. And unfortunately, it comes out as lying, but as long as you're there for the person, it's only going to benefit them. Um, now, again, I mean, we all have the sense of, you know, we have a BS meter. And we can tell if somebody's BSing us or not. But if someone's being genuine, I think we're smart enough to figure out, like, hey, I don't care if you're telling me the truth or not. I just want to be there for you so you know it's okay. Yeah, especially yeah. when, like, uh, when what's there to gain out of this, right? Especially when it's hard for somebody to come forward with those types of things. My BS meter usually rings pretty low, right? Like, if you know, nobody just, if they're, walk around flaunting like oh i just encountered an alien or something like that right you know mm -hmm. that, my bs meter goes up right but when it's subtlety and when it's like hey like can i tell you about what happened to me and that kind of right like when there's almost a uh, an uncertainty of whether you're going to accept them or not right it's like why would they be bsing right now right like why would they make that up that that doesn't make any sense if anything they're putting themselves at risk for losing my friendship in a sense, right? So, exactly. yeah, I don't, I don't think that people would do that willingly just to, you know, make something up or to try to, I don't know, seem cool or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like if you're making shit up to just make shit up, it's like, okay. Like what, what I, I, I just, I can't process that. Like I, I don't understand. So I get it's, it. I, I it's just an ego thing. I guess it's their conditioning. It's their belief system that thinking that lying gets them further up the ego chain or whatever their belief is. Right. So Whatever they've concocted in their head. And some people live off that. I mean, I, I don't want to get political, but I mean, look at the people running the world. They don't care about us. They care about their egos. Look what I did. Look what I have. Look what I've done. Fuck out of here, dude. That is not the way to run the world, but I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say the same thing. There are a lot of people where it, their entire life is just BSing, right? But I feel like I can see through that pretty quickly now. Like, you know, you can see when somebody's just stroking their ego. Uh, yeah. I wanted to get to the next part of this, where you're saying your where you see 
humanity's place in the universe and where you think humanity mu humanity must get to get like on a on a spiritual level right for us to go elsewhere maybe planetary traveling i don't know maybe maybe just just through um uh out of body experiences i'm not sure so i guess my thought process on this is we as a as a species are not getting anywhere with the way things have been i'm going to say the last 50 to 100 years you know there's 50 to 100 years of advancement that has just been lost due to greed power destru destruction wars famine racism like when you take a step back and you look at something like let's just take racism for example you take a step back and you look at that and like really break it down you're really not a fan of another person because of the color of their skin or what they believe in or who they are as a person and like i mean granted there are fine lines like if there's legitimately like bad people then yeah we don't want to associate with those um but we we can't even get along with each other. How are we going to get along with people in the cosmos? So the first step for humanity is to really, like, stop hating on each other and start lifting up people. Like, it's so cheesy to, to say that, but it's the truth. Stop bringing each other down, start lifting each other up, and we're one step closer to a universal consciousness where... We don't have, you know, poverty. We don't have hunger. We don't have issues with money. There's abundance for everybody. And it's all there. It's all ready for us to just grab it and go. But for yeah. whatever reason, we're stuck in this cycle. So for some people, I, I like to think a lot of humanity is waking up to that. And they are realizing, you know, I, I don't want to paint this like dark cloud picture. Like, no, there is a ray. There's are there are there are rays of hope here. Like, there are a lot of people who are waking up. There are a lot of like-minded people who think this way. And I know there's a shift coming. It's just a matter of time when that tilt of one percent comes. And once we hit that tilt, then we'll be living a much different type of existence. Yeah, but. It, collective in the collective yeah um i had a comment i'll come back to it if someone wants to pick up yeah well i uh, i hear you that whole instead of putting people down raising each other up right like we should see it as a a common collective and too often i find that there unfortunately there is a high percentage of people who are programmed to put other people down, right? And, and you know, instead of, <clears throat> I always like to think of it like, you know, like we're all like here. And so instead of trying to work, like help each other move up, somebody has the thought that like, it, it's the competition, right? Like, they see them up here. Well, I'm going to try to bring them down below my level instead of trying to raise themselves up to their level in a sense. You know what I mean? So like their whole orientation is based on comparison instead of 
that cohesion, that, that buildup, right? And that, I, again, that's another ego thing, right? And I think we just need to continue to work um, as a community, as a society, as a, as a species to rid ourselves of that terrible ego, you know, that horrible pride in a sense, right? Like, you know, and, yeah. and the hate, right? Like, rid ourselves of that hate. I think, like, because everything starts with yourself, like, universe, like, you, what you put out into the world, you get kind of reflection back to you. So I think, like, us, like us putting out this type of content into the universe ripples. Like we, like our first, very first episode is the butterfly versus the domino effect. Everything that we do is a ripple, and it just, it, if we, even if we just touch one person, that one person might be, might have, might touch another another person with their story, sharing it with other people. And that's why I like, I like doing podcasts. I like doing content creation and positive content creation it's all it has to be uplifting it can't just be mindless you know i think that's why i'm i'm starting to transition more into this type of you know like mindset and us as a species like humans as a species we're we're so conditioned by our environment like we have to cut our ties with with negative um circles and get get out of these toxic environments and toxic people that you're with because they'll learn once they don't have anybody to like if you're if you're that person in the circle that they're picking on and then you leave then everybody else leaves that person then they start to wake up themselves you know it's it's a ripple effect it all starts with yourself so you have to help yourself first you gotta put on your mask before you put on the other person's mat, you know, like in an airplane when you're, when yeah, you're turbulence. But like, uh, hopefully, you can understand what I'm getting at. No, a hundred percent. You're absolutely right. It's you do have to start with yourself, and th- and that falls into like so many different categories of you as a person. That can go. If you don't love yourself, how can you expect another person to love you? Um, if you can't help yourself, how can you help another person? Um that's a hundred and ten percent right and and that's really what is going to drive building america not america excuse me building the world you know that's really what it comes down to building america is, uh, i don't know about that one but <laughs> i can only hope that you know things get better and i i do have a positive outlook on the future i think by the time you know my time comes to pass on into the next level of existence whatever that may be um i i think we're gonna see some major major changes okay yeah i i believe so too like having a pause it's yeah having a positive outs outlook having goals and and implementing them yeah those those loving yourself in that process like you say like that loving yourself and loving others and i think it it works hand in hand right like and if you do if you do love yourself then it is easier to love others and if you forgive your own misgivings then it's easier to forgive uh, other people their misgivings and um yeah for sure uh, i'm big on all that positive you know what you 
what you send out is what you get back and it's not it's not always immediate right like it's not you know just oh i'm gonna i'm gonna go out today with positive intentions and then like everything just falls in your lap often it that's it's the opposite right like you go out with positive intentions and all of a sudden shit falls on you right almost like a test in a sense like but it's the process of it that gets you into that space of of loving yourself and um and yeah we all have trials we all have things that we have that's life right like you can't go without it um it just makes the good days and the good times that much better right it's almost like a spectrum right if we didn't have bad days we wouldn't know what good days are if we didn't experience hurt we wouldn't know what true joy really is like right that's how i try to um rationalize those things and try to explain those things to people too right like yeah you're going through a season of difficulty but it's when you get into that season of of of, um of of positivity you're gonna realize why right and it's gonna feel that much better and through that process of getting through the struggles right that's what builds character that's what that's what makes you human that's those are the things that um allow you to enjoy the good things yeah and uh there's a sad guru i don't know if you've all said guru but he has a quote that says you know there there are people in the world who ask you know what is the purpose of life what is the what is the goal of my life what am i supposed to do if you ask that question that means there's a part of you that is not experiencing joy because when you are experiencing joy, you would never think to ask, what am I supposed to do with my life? You know, we're, we're built to have blissful, joyful moments, but we have to experience them in a lot of different ways. And a lot of it is negative. A lot of it is positive. And it's just, it's finding that balance. You know, mm-hmm. no, no one becomes who they are by a never-ending amount of good experiences. You know, you have to have your trials. You have to have your tribulations. That that's just that's comes with the territory of being a human. You know, endless states of bliss nonstop. That may come in like, you know, whatever you believe in, an afterlife, uh, reincarnation, uh, going back to source, experiencing ETs, like being an ET, like whatever it is. You know, that can happen then. But if you're here on Earth, you're here to experience the full spectrum of everything. like that say that uh what is my purpose if you're you know if you're mulling over that then yeah then you're you're not experiencing joy right like you're not embracing the day embracing the moment i mean i've i've struggled with that oh yeah right like what is my purpose and and when i've had really difficult seasons especially right Like, like what is what am i doing here what's the point like and um but the older i get the more i look back on those difficult seasons as um as training almost in a sense as like you know strengthening myself and building character and it makes it that much easier to overcome the next trial that comes and it makes those next seasons of joy that much brighter and better and um and that's the kind of to me just 
what you've what you've talked about with the ETs, it feels like that's the type of um, energy that they bring. Like I like how you say like they're playful. It's almost like there's um, there is there's a desire uh, for joy within their spirit in a sense, right? Hundred percent. It's like if you've ever seen like a toddler like learn to play toys. Like I have two nieces, like two baby nieces that are about to turn two. And, like, just to, to watch them grow and to watch them learn and, like, watch their personalities develop, like, that's something you can't appreciate unless you've, like, watched, like, a, a real child grow up. But that wonderment that's in a child's eye when they, like, play with a toy for the first time or they learn about a song for the first time or learn how to speak and yell and all this for the first time, it's, like, it's that type of energy when it comes to, like, making contact with an ET because they're, like, you're so intrigued in them and they're so intrigued in you. And it's like, what can we learn from it's, it's, I understand where the fear comes from because Hollywood does a really good job of making us afraid of alien. (laughs) Yeah. But once you experience it, it, it's, it's difficult to like, I laugh at stuff like that now. Like back then. Yeah, sure. I was afraid. Who wouldn't be? We didn't know better. But as you, it's like you said, as you get older and you have experiences and you, you go through the shit, you kind of look back and you're like, man, this is stupid. You know? Like, it just, it, it, it is. Like, aliens don't want to eat us. Like, <laughs> can we just get past that? They don't want to eat us. They don't want to mess with our insides or implant things. They don't want to do that. Yeah. Um... I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to go over. Uh, if Nathan, you have any end questions you want to talk about? No, I mean, my brain is packed full. Um, and just even that last little little tidbit was, um, I think, perfect for you and I, Sean, to, um, to explore mm-hmm. in our search. That, that, yeah, that lack of fear and that childlike um energy to bring forth the excitement of a new experience not like the you know the fear or not the like um i'm going to be disappointed if i don't see this you know what i mean like like the intention has to be like well i'm just open to a new experience and and the childlike wonderment of being able to experience something like that, like a new song or like a new toy or like a new color you might see or something like that. Right. To bring that to it. I like how Wafik was explaining the, the aliens were like toying with him with uh, doing the laundry, doing the dishes. I think they, they like to see how intelligent we are with signals i think that's what it is like they'll, they'll signal you to do something and be like does he get it let's see if he gets it and i i experienced that already with spirit guides and spirit animals and i've been seeing a lot of spirit animals recently like it's it's i, I was spirit numerology for a while i still do but now it's just like spirit animals just like they're like you need to you need to meditate more often i'm like okay okay i get it now <laughs> But yeah, uh, definitely gonna do that. Um, but I think yeah. this is this is a whole new level. This is gonna be, I even if I don't experience anything right away, it's practice. It's 
it's like you gotta you gotta practice makes not perfect, but practice makes uh, improvement. Definitely, I like. You have to enjoy the moment. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Sorry, I was gonna say that. Like, regardless, we should just enjoy the the time outside, right? Or or the meditation in and of itself, right? And so, if, mm -hmm. if we're enjoying that process and saying, "Hey, we're open to um, communication," but like, I'm not gonna go away butthurt if there's no communication, right? I'm gonna enjoy this experience regardless of what happens with it. And I think that's the mentality to bring, right? Yeah, it has to be an unconditional, like a non, uh, you have no conditions on the experience for it to happen. Would you agree with that? 100%. I wouldn't have said it any other way. Go out there, go have fun. If anything, even if you don't see anything, you're bound to at least see stars. You're bound to probably see Starlink satellites. You're bound to enjoy the time you are with the people surrounded by you. And if you don't see that as a win, CE5 is not for you, and that's okay. Yeah, good call. Love it, Wafik. Love having you on the podcast. And I, I don't know. Maybe we could do another one in the future. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk about star seeds in the future if you're if you're down. But um, sorry, I would love to. Perfect. Yes. Uh. Whoa, Every time I whoa, talk over whoa. you, I can't hear you. So you, can you repeat what you said? Oh, no, I was just going to say I would love to. Like, I'd be honored to come back if you guys would have me and uh, um, go over star seeds, which is one of my favorite topics to go over. Perfect. Well, I don't really know much about star seeds at all. So um, I would enjoy that conversation and have really enjoyed getting to know you. And uh, definitely, let's stay in contact. We'll let you know about um, when we make our journey uh, out into the stars. And um, yeah, this was a, a great, great conversation. So glad you could uh, join us. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys so much for having me. And if you guys do end up planning that, uh, that trip, just send me your coordinates. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll send my friends over. Sweet. Cool. I'm excited. Uh, I, 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 I could, I'm going to stop the recording now. Uh, we can talk a little bit after that for a little bit. And then, um, yeah, I'm going to end it here. So. For sure.